0: Want to know what we're talking about? That's coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Welcome to this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor, Vanessa Ramos-Burton. She is the author of The Hot, Fresh, Off the Press Fortified, book one of the legacy chapters. Let me tell you, if you like your young adults with bones and muscles and skin and blood and clean but not safe, gritty without being violent. This is the book for you. Make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today. That's right. It released today on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Let me tell you, you are going to love this story. I can't wait to tell you all about it in just a few moments. As always, we want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do, and as always, we cover your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that peak follow button, and you'll never ever after to miss the show. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host and contributor today, Vanessa Burton. Vanessa, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me
0: today. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. I never take it lightly to have you, so I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here as well. <laughs> now, I have to let our listeners know how we connected. We connected via Shelly Hicks. Yeah, And Shelley Hitz is a wonderful woman of God who has such a heart to help authors not only become authors, but to take their business to the next level. And I would love to give her a shout out. And I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about her because you're the second guest I've had from the Kingdom Building Institute. Tell us a little bit about Shelly and what she does for authors.
1: Well, I really love the writing uh, program she created. Uh, It was a free program, so that, number one, is huge because there's so many writing things out there that are fantastic, but they cost a lot of money. And as we know, things are getting a lot more expensive (laughs) lately, so it's really hard. to. (laughs) So it's good when you find things with great resources, but also they don't cost anything, so that's just wonderful. And her um, program just had a lot of different aspects to it that helped teach different writing skills and different world building and just how to encompass a lot of things as an author, um, but also not just writing, but marketing and how to figure it all out. So I really enjoyed learning from a lot of the different lessons there um, as well. So um, it it was great. And also getting connected with you as well, which is always fantastic, but it was a great, great resource. And I I highly recommend when it comes around, I think, I think it's yearly, I don't know exactly, but um, definitely recommend checking it out.
0: Oh, yeah, and the way I met her was that I just blew up their, <laughs> their Zoom they were having. I just kept talking and talking and talking. <laughs> and people were like, who is this Chatterbox? And I did like, it's a clean TJ. That's who it was. But through that, I met some wonderful authors, and I love what Shelly does for authors. So we'll tell you a little bit later on the broadcast how you can be connected with Shelly and her courses and how she can help you really build up your author marketing and entrepreneurship goals. So I can't wait to say about that later on in the broadcast. Now, with this book, Fortify, we are talking about young adult fiction. And just right off the bat, Vanessa, what are some of the positives of current young adult fiction? We also want to talk about some of the negatives of it,
1: <laughs> Well, some of the positive things about young adult fiction is I feel that it is a genre that can be broadcasted to a lot of different ages. So not only is it for young people, but also middle age and also, you know, um, older age people. I used to work at a library, and there would be this gentleman who came in probably about mid-70s, and he loved young adult books. He would check them out all the time. And he's like, don't tell all the youth that I'm taking all their books. And I'm like, (laughs) I think it's great. They're like, you get as many as you want. So it, it's fantastic. So, so I like that the stories are written in a way that a lot of people on a lot of different walks of life can enjoy them. I think they teach a lot of confidence, finding who you are, you know, working past trials and, and you know, kind of just persevering through these things. Because as we know, when we're a little bit younger, trying to figure out our life, when we're, you know, graduating high school, going into college, all that stuff, um, kind of if you decide not to go into college, you know, these are big life decisions that you have to make at such a young age. And, and it's. Sometimes nice to read a character who, who was going through a similar situation of making big life choices at a young age. So I do like those aspects of it.
0: I think young adult appeals as well because we can remember being there when you are an older person. And I hate saying that, but I guess I'm heading towards that direction of being <laughs> an older person. And I look back on my youth and I go, wow, I was so stupid back then. Yes. But you wouldn't <laughs> know that unless you grew up and matured in this thing exactly. called life. And young adult fiction has a really unique opportunity to do that. But now some of the negatives of young adults in current
1: mainly secular genres is what? I think that they make them very unnecessarily sexual if you want me to I, we will be blamed, we will be blunt about it <laughs> yeah for sure for sure uh, uh, because the young adult i guess age range 12 12 to 18 and i'm like oh my goodness 12 that that's pretty young you know for them to be reading some of these things and and i've i've said this before that you know i am i am a married woman i have two children and i read some of them and i'm like oh my goodness this is this is pretty intense uh, of a scene pretty graphic for a young person who has yet to experience these things to read. And a lot of times I feel like it doesn't contribute to the story either. It's just kind of put in there for like, I don't, I guess, appeal or gas or, or, or maybe uh,
0: even word count because you can may, draw yeah. out
1: a romantic scene.
0: Um, you can That could be a couple of pages. We do it, it's right? True. You can that's draw that's it a out. very good point. But yeah. I think too, it's it's really focusing on the emotions of a young adult as opposed to the journey of a young adult that that they go into that's why some of the great fiction from back in the day, they tend to be more well-rounded. They may have a young protagonist, but it's not just about the physical. Exactly. It's about the mental. It's about learning yeah. your place in the world. And that's what makes the young adult genre really interesting is that when you are this old, you're figuring yourself out. Yeah. And for the parents, it hurts. I know for myself, I don't have children, but I have nephews. And I can't remember... They were my light. They were always around me. They loved be around auntie. Then all of a sudden, they started to draw away, and I was in tears. I was in tears, like, what happened? And my girlfriend, which is my, my girlfriend, her kids are my, my godson, so I call my nephew, mm-hmm. my best friend, she's like, they're getting older. Yeah. And they're It's just what happens. They'll come back to you later. But I'm like, but I want them now. <laughs> and someone counseled with me and said, it's actually a good thing. Because when they come back, it's not the puppy love of their childhood. Yes. It's from growing up and learning who they are. That auntie is still a part of that yes. world. They want you to be there. Like yeah. they, they choose to have you in their life. Something you won't ever have to question again because exactly. they're so used to having you. And so now I say all this because parents are searching for alternatives to the more sexualized, secular young adult. And you provide them that avenue I describe your book as clean but not safe. Yes, I love that. And I think that's important, too, because the world is dangerous. That was the whole point of fairy tales, is to show a dangerous world exists. But as G.K. Chesterton said, it's not that there are dragons, that dragons can be destroyed. Exactly. That's what that world and these stories are for. So let's go a little bit into your writing. How did this all happen for you? Where did it come to be? When did you know, you know what, I'm going to write, and I'm going to write well?
1: Well, so my writing, I guess, journey began uh, shortly after I graduated from seminary. So I do have a master's in theological studies. I originally thought I was going to become a lawyer and go to law law school. So I do have an undergrad in government as well. So, um, nice. I'm talking
0: <laughs> to someone very, very smart. <laughs>
1: this person
0: is smarter than me, everyone. <laughs> so. no, someone who is
1: very confused about life. <laughs> 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 so um, so I was going through a really tough time in my life and I was just lost. Like we were just talking about that age range. I was just like, I don't know which way I'm supposed to go. I thought all these things were going to happen and they didn't happen. Like what am I supposed to do now? And, you know, obviously in prayer about it, trying to find God's will. And I had a really good friend and she said, hey, why don't you try writing? She's like, I write for fun. It really helps me as an outlet to kind of just like figure out these feelings, figure out like, you know, what I'm going through. And it's also like a fun thing to like make up characters, a world, all stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll just try it. Um, I've never written for fun before. I always just wrote like for school and things like that. So it was quite a learning process, let me tell you. But I just enjoyed it so much. And I really enjoyed, you know, creating these characters, creating these worlds, but also being able to teach lessons and to share God's word in a different creative way that would maybe appeal to people more and bring them closer to kind of wondering like, hey, what is this all really about? So that's kind of where I started. And here I am today, my fourth book published I can't believe it and I'm super excited about it and so excited that I've been able to meet so many people and so many readers people have enjoyed them so much um, and I just love it I love writing you know I love of uh, the publishing part of it but there's just something so fun about creating a world getting in touching and base with your characters and just really like just diving into a whole different you know different world, a whole different realm of, of things and opportunities and adventure.
0: I attribute that to the fact that God gave us his communicable attribute of creativity. Yes. And my listeners had heard me say that before. Yes. It's sort of like, if I can use this term loosely, a God complex. So God created everything and we're going to recreate that same process. And so world building, particularly for fantasy writers, is very exciting. Yes. It's almost a drunken quality to it because you can create this world. They can't say anything about it or anything. So Exactly. My rules apply. Yes. <laughs> Characters are gonna get killed. It's sorry, it's it's my will. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of this that happens in our fantasy. Yes. And this book is hot off the press. It just released today called Fortified, book one of the legacy chapters. And just some of the initial responses to this book we have Fortified is a riveting Beautifully written adventure, full of intrigue, betrayal, strife, and one a woman with enough faith and bravery in her heart to face it all. And that's an early review of Fortified. Make sure you go ahead and find out what Fortified is about by going to Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Can't wait to dig into this. Now, when you were coming up with this particular idea, what brought that about? Because most books come from something from an idea about something. So tell us about it. It is completely
1: inspired. <laughs> so I love learning about the Bible. I love learning about people in the Bible. I love biblical history. I am a huge Bible nerd. So when I was growing up in the church, you know, they, you know, teach us about different biblical people. You know, we learn about David. We learn about Moses. We, we have these set people that the church always teaches us about. So Then I go to college. I went to a Christian university, and I had to take Old Testament and New Testament as a required course. So I'm sitting there in Old Testament, 18 years old. I hear about this woman named Deborah, who is a judge, and she's awesome. And I'm like, wait a minute. How come no one's ever told me about this lady before? She is fantastic. And why haven't I learned about her? And so that just started my love for, you know, learning about different women of the Bible that maybe necessarily weren't covered in Sunday school. And I just absolutely loved her and just fell in love with her strength and that she had a, a supportive husband that was a, um, a healthy relationship that God had placed her in this position, leadership and authority. And it wasn't like she was trying to run over anybody else, but this was, she was appointed by God to do this. And so I'm like, this is a fantastic story. And I just, I love it so much. So fast forward. And I just, I came up with this idea. I would love to translate this into a really fun story, but still teaches you know, biblical lessons. So I decided to mash the story of Deborah with Mulan a little bit and nice. so sprinkle that in there. And then I love Pride and Prejudice. So I sprinkled a little bit of pride and prejudice in there as well and then turned it all up and made fortified. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that
0: too is the Bora, she is an interesting part of the Old Testament. Yes. And of course you think about Jael, which is, you know, they're like and they're connected. Oh,
1: so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're totally
0: connected. So connected. You guys Still connected. But what's interesting the biblical narrative of that is God has always elevated women, Yeah. Even when the men folk around them didn't, yes. And this is extremely important when it comes to talking about male and female roles and things of that nature. So there are people who think that women are supposed to be below, but that was never the case. They're right. elevated, just like men are elevated. It's yes. just different. And so God shows us this godly elevation that He got that He gave us. And so in the biblical narrative. When the commander, and his name is Casey right now, when the commander was like, well, I'm going to do if you come with me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, said, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. You're yeah.
0: the one who didn't trust the Lord. <laughs> so.
1: well, and I love that. And I love that you, you said that too, that like, you know, like men and women are both important, but God gave them different roles. And that doesn't mean one role is less than the other role. Just because society has said that, that doesn't mean that that's how God views it. Amen. So, that's why I love, love, love the story so much. And, you know, as we see later on in the story, like you said, JL, um, also fantastic. I've had so many readers, early readers be like, I am so glad you added this in here. It is one of my favorite biblical stories.
0: It really is. Because Jael is in the biblical narrative. I'm not going to say how she's represented here. Okay. You got to pick up your book of four to five, which is available today how off the press. Go to Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. I'm not going to say how she's represented here. But in the biblical narrative,
1: I couldn't do what she did. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it is so gutsy. It is so like, wow, you are amazing. You know, it's just incredible. And so I wanted to take those stories and I wanted to present them so that maybe people reading be like, well, hey, where was this book inspired from? And then I say, oh, well, it's actually in the Bible, in the book of Judges, and then well, baby they would actually read it and be like, wow, this is intense, and I love it. <laughs> and we're going to
0: have the Rita excerpt for us in just a few moments. We're going to dig into some of these characters. And so let's go ahead, peel back the veil. What is Fortified about?
1: So Fortified is solely about Devorah Medea. She is a noble girl. She is the daughter of the governor of Grenley. She is wealthy. She is smart, and she knows it. And she has planned out her whole life. She has crossed all her T's, dotted her I's. She has made a surefire plan that it is going to work out. No one's going to tell her her life is going to turn out any differently than how she says. Also inspired by a a youthful me. (laughs) 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 And as we just go a little bit into the book, things start to change. So Devorah has, there's a rite of passage called the Caterization Call that every citizen of Tenton, once they turn 16, has to stack colorful stones in a certain order. And depending on what order those colored stones are, that will set them out on the path for the rest of their life. They will choose, it will be their career. They will go to be a baker, a teacher, a blacksmith, et cetera, et cetera. And so Devorah wants to go to Blackley Academy and learn how to become a governor, just like her father. But instead, what the color categories mean change. And so the color she thought would mean she's going to Black really mean she's been signed up to become a soldier in the army. And she is not having it. She is upset. She is distraught. But this is a big clue into how sometimes life changes our plans. Sometimes there's curveballs thrown. Sometimes God changes our plans. And that the overarching theme of Fortified is that, yeah, sometimes you're going to get wrenches thrown in your plans. But when you focus on God, he will help you turn them out. And maybe a bigger, better plan will come out of what he has for you instead of what you had for yourself.
0: This becomes very significant throughout
1: the story because you
0: want to go one way, but God is taking you down a different path and you don't understand, this is what I wanted to do. How can what I want to do that will still be glorifying to you, not be the same idea that you have
1: for me? Exactly. And so that was also, like I was saying before, a big lesson I had to learn in my when I was younger that... You know, just because I have all those perfect plans, that doesn't mean that's what God wants for my life. And when I turn and look to what he wants me to do, that plan is so much better and will help me so much more in the long run become the godly woman he wants me to be than whatever plan I had for myself. So that's basically the same lesson that Devorah has to learn throughout Fortified. It's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely journey. And in there, we learn other small things that are your first perception of people may not always be correct. People can surprise you positively and negatively. And we, Deborah meets some friends, meets some new, new friends there, and that she learns that it's okay to be vulnerable as long as it's with the right people and that God will place the correct people in your life to be your friends.
0: Another aspect of this is learning how to fight. And there are certain tactics that Devorah has to learn. And if we were going to just take one of those tactics, what would you share with our listeners?
1: So Devorah comes from a background of learning, like military knowledge and political knowledge. So she kind of has the intelligence there already. So she had to really beef up her physical attributes. So one of the things she learns is hand-to-hand combat. I actually think personally, this is a good thing for a lot of people to know and just not just fantasy, but like real life, just yeah, at least, really. <laughs> some self-defense stuff. I know like a few little things, just enough, but not, not, not too much, but we see her learning these things with one of her friends that she comes there with her potential love interest. That's all we'll say about him <laughs> as well. <laughs> but that was one of the ones that was really interesting because I really had to do uh, some good research about that and make sure it was, it was sound and made sense. So um, that was one of the ones I think was most beneficial. And we'll see some more of that later in the series, that that fighting technique she learned. Now, how many
0: books do you have planned? This it will be a four-book series.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so that's
0: good. That's yeah. good. And so I want you to go ahead, set it up for us. So I'm going to go
1: ahead and mute myself. Go ahead and read an excerpt from Fortify, book one of the Legacy Chapters. Grenley, Southern Region, Tenton. The steaming cup of tea looked like cow dung. Lady Devorah Medee brought it to her face and sniffed. Gagging, she pulled the brown sludge away, covering her nose and mouth with her hand. As always, it smelled like cow dung, too. Devorah pinched her nose. She'd endured the same horrible tea for years, but the process of swallowing it never got easier. Squeezing her eyes shut, Devora threw back the disgusting blend, choking before forcing it down her throat. The effects of the suppressing tea blend would last for three weeks, but all she wanted to do was scrape the rotten taste from her tongue. A warm morning breeze twisted around her ebony braid. Placing the cup down, Devorah refocused on the stones in front of her. Five shining pebbles glimmered against the flat rooftop of her home, the governor's mansion. As she settled herself back on the rooftop, Devorah lifted her olive-toned hand. The rocks levitated from the stark white stone before assembling into a flawlessly balanced carn. Perfect, as always, she mused, enjoying the rainbow of colors winking back at her. She had been categorizing her stones, lifting them with the power in her blood. The same way since she was a child. Blue, yellow, green, red, purple. From the day she received her pouch of pebbles, Devorah had mastered the simple categorization quickly, but now was when it counted the most. Devora, my dove, are you joining me today? Mama called from her open window below. Her delicate sing-song voice rivaled the twittering birds. From her tall, slim frame to her angelic laugh, Mama was ever the perfect example of a governor's wife. Devora stifled a groan as she rolled her eyes. Visiting Lower Grenley was the only outing her parents ever allowed, besides the prayer vigil held every two weeks. Devorah pursed her lips, thinking of Victoria Drazer, the councilman's eldest daughter, and her birthday celebration. Apparently, it was the party of the year, and Devorah wasn't allowed to attend. Just like all the other parties over the last 16 years of her life, didn't Mama realize she wanted to go to fabulous parties, not frighten her eyes with peasants? Today, Mama, Devorah called as she leaned over the edge of the roof. Her braid hung over her shoulder as she watched Mama stick her head out the window below. Laura sighed and leaned back. She swiped her palm over the stones. They clattered across the roof, threatening to roll over the edge. She peeked back over the edge. Mama was glaring up at her, biting her lip. Dvorah quickly came up with a believable excuse. Lifting her hand, she replied, I Need to keep practicing for my categorization call tonight. Upon birth, every citizen in tendon received the same pouch of stones and a list of categories from King Atoll and Queen Lisa. When a citizen wanted to categorize they would simply prick their finger and add a drop of blood to each stone to their in their pouch only then would they be able to practice the different color patterns provided by the kingdom the significance of the stones thrummed against De- Ro- devora's mind as she recited her daily lessons blue for the sky and sea which made trades possible for thee; yellow for the sun that shines down from up above green for the plants we thank them for their nourishment red for blood purple for unity we thank King Atoll for helping us live in harmony. Devora rubbed her temples, despising the silly poem, but she knew she needed to pass her categorization call. Once a citizen turned 16, they recited the chant and performed five categorizations in front of the king's categorizer. The color pattern of stones that repeated three times would place the participant in the job. They would be desperate. All right, my dove, don't forget to say your prayers to Tunri, especially today. Disappointment clung to Mama's voice as she pulled her head back through the window. The wooden door to their home opened and shut. Devorah gave a sidelong glance to the prayer scroll lying atop her stack of war-tactic textbooks and that week's news from the battlefront. A crisp lavender ribbon, the Medea family color, tied, the prayer shut. Huffering, Devora ignored the scrolls and focused on the empty clay cup that held the obnoxious tea sludge. Why should she pray to Tunri? What had he done other than give her the curse that kept her confined to the house, drinking horrible tea blends to keep her visions at bay?
0: And that is an
1: excerpt from
0: Fortify, book one of the legacy chapters. You can already tell we are getting set up for an adventure. You want to find out about it? That adventure starts today. Hop off the press. Make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy by going to Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. You are not going to be disappointed. I love the way you describe Dvorah's mind. She is so stuck up, but we love her. (laughs) And throughout the book, you're going to find out that being stuck up isn't necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) It gives us room to grow. And so, you know, we're getting close to the end of our show today, Vanessa. And I just want to thank you so much for being here with me today. What are your other projects that you're working on?
1: So I have the second book of the Legacy chapters is currently in line edits. I am self-editing The third book of the Legacy chapters to get ready to send to my publisher, and I may be brainstorming a Nutcracker slash Twelve Days of Christmas slash The Picture of Dorian Gray duology. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it! I love love
0: the Picture of Dorian Gray. I read that book a few times. I love that book. It's very interesting how Oscar Wilde this is one contribution to the literary world, but he did such a great job with it. Love that story. Can't wait to have you back to discuss all of the fields. Now that you're in my field of sight, you're just stuck there. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's all right. But I'm happy to be there. To have you back. And
0: we're going to have her back for our listeners out there. She did a series called Heartmender. And when you see the cover of the book, let me tell you, it is to die for. <laughs> like, I love the cover. That just attracted me itself. But yes. we want to do Fortify because it's hot off the press. We want to give you something fresh. But she's going to come back when we do Heartmender. Can't wait to have her back for that. Now, Vanessa, in the few moments that we have left, this show is always about encouraging authors whom God has given the gift to write to pick up a pen and do so. So go ahead and encourage them out there today.
1: I would love to encourage other authors to stay true to writing the story on your heart. And I've said this before on a couple other podcasts I've been on, but a lot of people will tell you to like write to trend or write what's popular right now. But that's the thing about trends is that they come and go. And the story that God's placed upon your heart is there for a reason. So make sure you write it and get it out there because you don't know what the story you tell is how it's going to affect somebody else and how it's going to encourage someone else. So I highly, highly recommend to write what you think God is placing on your heart, no matter how crazy it may sound.
0: (laughs) Vanessa, what a wonderful way to end the show today. Really enjoyed having you and cannot wait to have you
1: back and have you back real soon. Thank you so much. Can't wait to come back.
0: And we were talking today to Vanessa Burton. She is the author of the Hot Off the Press Fortified, Book One of the Legacy Chapters. And she already told you there are four plans. And you already heard that she has more where that comes from. So do you like your fiction fresh? unique, original, pick up Vanessa Burton's Fortified today. You will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.